Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Today, Derek Myron is in the studio and he has a special guest. That guest is Joe Phillips. He's the chairman of the Best CEO Advisory Group. The Best CEO Group is a highly selective, confidential CEO peer advisory group made up of San Diego County CEOs, company presidents, and business owners. Members typically stay more than 10 years and are serious about taking their business to the next level. Derek, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you, Eric? I'm fantastic. That was a, I love the fact that you let me introduce Joe. Uh, first of all, members staying in a group like that over 10 years, that's that's amazing. So obviously there's some seriously robust knowledge in that group and, and Joe runs it, it sounds like to me. So I'm assuming that's why you brought Joe on the show today is to talk about this, correct? It is. So right. thank you for the introduction, Joe Phillips. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. So obviously if members of your CEO groups are staying 10 plus years, there must be value provided and that likely has a lot to do with uh, your stewardship of the program. Joe, tell us a little bit about your groups. Well, I have three groups, uh, two CEO groups and a key group. And uh, my, my CEO groups are made up, as Eric said, uh, you know, Holly's selective uh, group of successful CEOs in San Diego. Typically, they are run businesses that uh, have 25 or more employees and $5 million and up. You know, they're a group of peers that come together um, to help one another be more successful in their business. And so that's this, you know, that's the CEO group. Uh, the key group is made up of people that typically report to the CEO, like vice president of marketing, sales, uh, CMOs, CFOs, but also have smaller businesses in that that uh, don't have $5 million in revenue that could really benefit from the experience of other senior executives and using them as a sounding board. Fantastic. And in full disclosure, I am a member of Joe's group and highly satisfied member. Wanted to throw that in to start. Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, education, and family before we dig into your groups? Okay, well, I think, uh, you know, that would take a long time to get in detail, so I'm, I'm going to give you a real succinct version. I'm a degreed engineer with an MBA, and I ran businesses all over the world for 23 years for some companies like Western Digital and Memorex and Unisys, um, among others. And then 17 years ago, I started running, you know, my CEO group. And so I've been doing that for 17 years. I run all my groups. I facilitate and run all the meetings myself, and I coach the people that I work with as well. So that's, uh, you know, that's about my background there. Um, you know, I'm married, live in San Diego, and you know, my wife and I have been married for over 50 years. So I'm a committed guy. I'm committed to my family, and I'm committed to my CEO groups, and I think that's one of the big reasons why I have so many members that have more than 10 years in the group, seeing that I've, you know, been in existence for 17, um, I've got, I've got uh, four charter members. So they've been with me 
17 or 16 years. That's fantastic. Talking about your groups, what is the best CEO group all about? And why would somebody entertain joining your group, one of your groups? Well, I mean, it really is a sounding board. I mean, a lot of the, the CEOs in my group use the group as their board of directors, but it's really a sounding board and advisory board for them to bounce ideas off of, to talk about the challenges um, that they're faced and also to be challenged about their thinking uh, so that they can be more successful. I mean, I think one of the things that people get out of it is, you know, more options. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we see things um, not as they are, but as we are. And so we, we may not see the true picture. Therefore, we miss many alternatives um, to the, you know, the decisions we have to make. And this is where other, you know, hearing from other people, hearing their perceptions can be so, so valuable for people to, to come away with, with the um, recommendations to the issue that they're challenged with. So, you know, that's really, uh, you know, powerful part of it. So it helps them make better decisions. It reduces loneliness at the top. And, um, and I spend one-to-one -one time with all of the people in my CEO groups. So I mentor and coach them to help them increase their leadership skill and business acumen. I 100% agree with that. Um, I uh, I was fortunate enough to join one of Joe's groups 15 months ago, and I shared with Joe, this is in December of 2019, I shared with Joe, he recommended I likely should join one of his groups. I said, you know, in 2008, I really made a lot of mistakes, and before the next crisis happens, I would sure like to get into one of these groups to make sure that I'm surrounded by other folks and getting advice on what to do and what not to do. And uh, I don't know if I wished this uh, pandemic on the world, but uh, I joined in January and two months later, we're in the in a pandemic. But it was sure great timing for for myself to to join one of your groups. So who do you think is a good fit for your group, Joe? Can you describe the characteristics of the right business owner that would make a lot of sense to to get into uh, a CEO group like yours? Well, I think the first thing is that they be successful. You know, there's a myth out there that, hey, people go into CEO groups because they need help. You know, they're, they're hurting. I've had a lot of people say that. So you, you think I really, you know, need the help? Well, I think uh, people that want to be their best look for help, right? Most serious people have coaches. And so what I look for and what works best is people that are successful because people that are really struggling need a coach and they need a turnaround guy where, you know, the successful people come in and they're looking for ways to take their business to the next level. They're already successful, but they're, they're not satisfied. And so those are the people that work best because not only do I challenge the CEOs to do more and to you know improve and to increase their leadership. The other members of the group do that as well. And if people, if, if somebody came in and was complacent about where their business was, they wouldn't be a fit at all for the group. And I've had to turn down people that thought it was a good idea, but they were really pretty complacent. So that's 
that's one of the big things. The, the other one, you know, is that they, they have a su substantial organization. And I mentioned earlier that, you know, I'm looking for people that have 25 employees or more and, you know, $5 million in revenue and up. And I have some businesses that are doing over $300 million. And so I, I want the people in the group to be peers with one another. And clearly people that are starting businesses and, you know, don't have a, a sizable organization, they could learn a lot, but they don't bring much to the group. So, you know, there's two things to, that I try to look for is that people are going to be peers with the other people in the group and bring something to make the group stronger. And, um, and so they've got to be experienced. I, I'm really looking for them to have 10 years leadership experience, three years as a CEO, and um, then they fit in better. So I, I have a pretty extensive interview process to make sure that uh, they meet the criteria and, and it's not a disappointment for, for either of us. That's great. There are a lot of different CEO groups out there. Joe, can you tell us about the key differentiators to distinguish your group from others? Yeah, I mean, I think that's an important thing. I mean, because, um, you know, I'm familiar with the other groups that are out there. And um, one of the things I do is I keep my group smaller. Smaller groups, typically, you know, seven to nine is probably an ideal size group. And, and most of the time, my groups have been around... 10 to 11, where a lot of the other people out there have groups that are, you know, 16, 17. And when I, when I had only one group, I got up to 13 and I realized this is not working the same way. And so that's when I started the second group. But, you know, I think the big differentiator there is I, I'm in the business of helping CEOs be more successful. Most of the other ones are in the business you know, they're there to make a profit. And they're typically the, the chairman are contract people that work for that business. And so they drive for bigger numbers, not for a more successful gathering. So my groups are smaller. So that's one of the things. The other thing is we meet for a half day because I found that, you know, serious CEOs have a hard time giving up a day a month uh, for the meeting and you know, to have activities and so forth. And so my groups meet for half day and we really are focused and have a tight agenda. And, you know, I hold uh, to that agenda. So it really makes it for a very productive day. The other thing is my groups are really focused on working issues. I mean, we don't t discuss topics generally. We, we talk about very specific gut-wrenching issues or opportunities that the CEOs have in their business. They bring them to the meeting. And so we spend most of our time processing issues and giving feedback to people about the challenges that they face so they can, you know, make better decisions and, and be more successful. So that's, you know, that's it. I get, you know, a couple other things as well a differentiator. I run all the meetings for all three of my groups. You know, that's not the case for some other ones. And, and the other thing is, in, in the introduction we talked about, you know, I had 23 years running businesses before I, you know, had uh, my CEO groups. And I've had that for 17 years. So 
there are a lot of other groups out there that don't have experienced CEOs that are facilitating the group sessions. So I think that's a, that's a plus as well. So you told me you've got three groups, two that are CEO groups and one that's a key person group. And uh, tell, tell me, why did you start the key person group? What was the impetus behind that? Yeah, um, the impetus was my CEOs started asking me to do that because they wanted their key people to experience what they were experiencing in the CEO group. So it's very similar concept and their people could come in there and it was an opportunity for them to develop and see the broader picture for the business, right? Not just be in their business. For example, I'm, I'm working with a guy right now. He's got 15 years working with the same company. He's, he's a guy that's 38 years old and he's pretty much only worked one place. So he doesn't have a lot of experience to draw on. So being in the key group, he has a, you know, 10 or 11 other people to hear, hear things from them about how their businesses are going, how, how they see things, you know, their perception. Um, so he has an opportunity to learn what the real world is like out there and not just the w little world that he's in. So it really it broadens their, their scope of knowledge and makes them better so that they, they'll be able to take on more responsibility. So that's, that's the reason that I did it. And when I asked my CEOs, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I had 10 people right off the bat. So I started the group with 10 people. Yeah, for sure. I think that, that uh, from my own experience, I think each of the CEOs that are in the group that I'm in are disciples of the program that wholeheartedly believe it's improving their life, their work, and believe that it likely can improve other people in their organization as well. That's the reason we have somebody from our firm in the in the key group as well, just to to give that same level of experience uh, to to somebody else at the firm. Discuss what types of businesses are in the group. Um, you you gave us the the profile, uh, but is it across different industries? And how does that how does that work in selecting who's going to be in these different groups? Yeah, it is. It's. Uh... You know, it's, a, it's across the full gamut of businesses, and that was the intent. So you didn't get into the point where you have this group think if you had all businesses in one area. And so I make a point to, to bring businesses from different areas. So I have Boutique Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. I have the company that does, you know, electrical construction type projects. I have a software company. I have an IT company in there. I have, you know, wealth advisor company. I have a manufacturer that makes sprayers. I have a 3D manufacturer. You know, I have a, a guy that installs tile and does flooring for some of the big uh, home builders. Um, so it's really across the board. But the one thing I do is make sure that there is no significant relationship among the, the people there because we meet in a confidential setting. And I want people to be able to come in there and put their gut-wrenching issues on the table. And if, the, if there was somebody in the group that was a significant customer of one of the people, they, wouldn't, they would, would not feel co confident or you know, feel open to 
share some of the problems in their business. And that's what it's about. So I don't allow any significant relationships, nor do I allow any competitors in there. So I'm very particular about the selection process. And I have two CEO groups, so I'm able to balance, you know, the, the people that go into the group so that I can, you know, have a diversity of businesses. And, uh, you know, it just, it works really well because some businesses never would consider certain things, you know, if on, on the construction side, where they might get something from a manufacturer that really might be quite interesting and valuable for them. I think for certain, I think the range of opinions that that an individual will receive based on bringing in an issue, vetting an issue, and having these 10 other CEOs, it's amazing the diversity of opinion and thought and approach that people come out with when they when they process an issue. I, I, I think talking a little bit about that might be helpful to the audience that's listening today. So you're saying about what type of issues that we just talk about? Well, a business owner brings an issue, but because they have these, like you just described it, a board of directors, that you get a range of different approaches. And me as a business owner, if I bring a, a, a topic, I think maybe there's two or three different potential approaches, and I may leave there with six different approaches, things I didn't even think about. And so I think that is a real strength of what you facilitate um, during these groups. I think discussing that a little bit would be helpful to the audience. Yeah, clearly that's, that's the whole idea of being able to have more options and also get suggestions because some of the people in the group may have experienced what you're experiencing right now. They may have already gone through it and figured out what didn't work and what did work. And so they can share that with the person and it really, you know, saves them from going down dead end streets. I mean, so, you know, I, I, you know, we, we've had a, we have lots of different issues, but I remember one time, uh, a guy, it was during the great recession, right. And he was really struggling to, to, um, to really hold his business together and to keep up with cash flow. And, but he owned two buildings. He, owned, he had his headquarters building in San Diego and another building up in Corona. And so he put both of them on the markets so that he could uh, get some cash to keep his business together. And it was, you know, it was a time when commercial real estate was starting to fall. It was, um, you know, not going all that well. And he got an offer for his headquarters building in San Diego when it was a really attractive offer. But he came to the group and because I got him to come to the group and he he just didn't want to sell it because he didn't want to sell his headquarters building. And, you know, we were able to have a discussion about that. And there was a consensus from his peers in the group that, hey, you, you've got a really good offer for your business. Commercial real estate is going down. I mean, you're not going to be able to get this next month or, you know, six months from now. This is a great opportunity for you. And the group convinced him that he really needed to sell that building. And he was totally opposed to that when he came in. But he ended up selling it. And afterwards, he, he said, you know, the group saved my business. I would have gone bankrupt if I hadn't sold that building and got the equity out of it that I did at the time. 
So, I mean, that's just one of many issues that we've processed. I mean, Derek, you know that this PPP loan and, you know, when that first came out, how complex it was and, you know, it was kept, everything kept changing. So the group was there. As a matter of fact, during that period of time, I decided to have m weekly meetings. We didn't have the half day meetings, but we had an hour meeting every week to talk about all the changes and the challenges that business were, were faced with. And they were, a lot of it was around the PPP loans and the EIDL loans. And, and some of the people weren't going to take them because right at that moment, their business wasn't doing that bad. But we were able to convince them is you don't know what the next three months is going to be. And I can tell you there were some businesses that were doing quite well during the, the early part of the pandemic. And later on, their businesses fell off a lot. And if they hadn't gotten that loan, they would have really been in a bad shape. So, you know, the group was really valuable in being able to help people to decide what to do there. So those are some of the issues. But they're, you know, the issues that we tackle are just all over the board. And, um, you know, they're invaluable because a lot of times we just don't see all the options. And if we miss the best options, you know, we're, gonna, we're not going to make the best decisions. No doubt. I think that um, just to uh, remark on what you just said, I think moving to a weekly meeting that had 11 CEOs, including yourself, providing information and intel on the newest whatever was happening with what the government was doing, what the market was doing. There was It was extremely valuable to be a part of a group, to invest an hour a week, collect all these, this information and resource sharing. The amount of resource sharing that goes on was invaluable to its members. So I think that was huge and great leadership on your part to switch from a one day a month to one hour per week. Yeah, the other thing, Derek, is uh, if you remember, I was able to bring you know, Dan Yates, uh, the CEO of Endeavor Bank in, and, and they were very involved in getting that PPP going. They were one of the kind of the leaders. And I had him come to those meetings to share what was going on. So it really gave the CEOs a firsthand experience. And, and that was invaluable to, to be able to do that. Yeah, you brought many folks uh, like Dan that provided unbelievable value to the members. So I think that was extremely helpful um, when we were all seeking information um, on, on, you know, from, from week to week. It's very, very valuable. Um, are, you, are you part of a larger group or franchise, Joe? Talk about the best CEO group. No, I'm not. I mean, uh, I am the founder and the owner and the chairman uh, of the group. So I do pretty much everything for the group. You know, it's just uh, I've, that's really worked out well for me. I, I, I'm not beholding to, you know, a higher authority uh, telling me how many people I have to have in the group, uh, telling me I need to, you know, knock my uh, fees up every year. Some of the other groups, that's what they do. I, I typically, well, I've ne never done that. It's been multiple years in between any time I did that because, you know, I run it and I make that decision pretty much unilaterally. So it's worked out well. I'm so happy that I'm not with one of the other ones because it really allows me to run it so that I can help the CEOs be more successful. And that's 
that's what gives me great joy. And that's where I get uh, a lot of personal satisfaction. I, mean, I don't need to do this. I love doing this. That's excellent. Joe, tell me, I heard you mention that you specialize in executive coaching, both within and outside of, of your groups. Can you tell me about that part of your practice? Yeah, sure. That's, uh, that's really been valuable. Um, I've got over 10,000 hours coaching where I'm one-to-one with uh, other people to help them increase their leadership and business acumen. And, and that's where my main focus is. But sometimes, you know, I will help a CEO by coaching one of their key employees uh, to help them grow their leadership skills. And in some unique cases where that you know, employee may have a critical weakness and to, you know, to, to help with coaching so that uh, maybe we can turn this employee around. It's a, it's a whole lot less costly to fix a problem of a key employee than to let that person go and have to find somebody else to fill that spot. So, the, you know, the, I took um, some dedicated coaching about five years ago, and that really helped. And then recently, about a year ago, because uh, I knew how important emotional intelligence was to, for a leader and the success of the organization. I mean, it's, it's been said that, you know, emotional intelligence is uh, twice as valuable as, you know, basically, you know, technical expertise or IQ in determining a, a leader's success. And so I, I took a program to learn more about emotional intelligence and became certified to use an instrument called the EQ profile. And this has been the most powerful assessment tool I've ever been exposed to, and I've been exposed to many of them. Um, and the one thing this one does that most do not is it uncovers people's blind spots because it's not a self-report type instrument, it's objective. And so people get to see their blind spots. In some cases, that's a rude awakening. For example, they might think they can read other people reasonably well or pretty good. I mean, some people have told me, I, I thought I could read other people really well. And the instrument might show that they are very poor at reading other people. And then you can understand why they would make you know, bad decisions. So this, um, this instrument has been invaluable for my being able to help people to be more successful because it shows them where they can uh, work on themselves to really become quite, quite a bit better. So, you know, it's, uh, it's been an amazing experience for me the last year in using this and, and working with the number of people I have. And I'm, because of that, I'm getting a lot of referrals to other people outside of my group where they've, they were talking about it with somebody else and they said, wow, that sounds powerful. I'd like to talk to Joe about that. And so right now I'm, I'm working with a guy in Salt Lake City that was referred to me, you know, a month or so ago. And now I'm coaching him. We've done the profile and I'm coaching him going through it because here's a successful guy that has some real holes in his profile. And if he could shore up those holes in his profile, 
I'm convinced he can be a lot more successful. 100%. It was very, very eye-opening for me and taking that and our executive leadership team to having this experience. Um, I know it's brought you a lot of enthusiasm and in providing this uh, leadership and helping people have insights. Yeah, it's uh, my, my joy bucket's overflowing. <laughs> well, if, uh, if the listening audience, if any of you business owners, if this calls to you, if this has given you an insight uh, about m- figuring out that maybe this is something that makes sense for you, Joe, how can, how can these folks get a hold of you? What would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I think the best way is to, you know, they can send me an email. My my uh, email address is pretty simple. It's Joe, J-O-E, at the best CEO group. And if you're going to be in one, you might as well be in the best one. <laughs> well said, Joe. I want to thank you very much, Joe, for coming on the show today. Eric, thank you for hosting today. And uh, I want to wish you guys a great week. All right, Derek. Hey, I appreciate being here. It was a nice experience to spend time with you. This is fantastic, guys. Joe, I love the fact that you practice what you preach, right? I mean, you're, you're doing coaching, you're helping people out, but you're seeking out coaches to help you learn new skills and things to add to your repertoire, which, uh, I mean, is obviously already robust. So I love the fact that you're constantly learning so you can constantly be teaching. Uh, Derek, thank you so much for bringing Joe on the show. I learned a lot and love to hear this kind of positive message of people getting better by basically working together. Uh, I think we need a lot more of that. So, guys, fantastic podcast. And, of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the Subscribe Now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.